Welcome back to Call Her Doctor. I'm Madison. And I'm Natalie. And this episode is for everyone who is suddenly working from home or taking classes online. So obviously a lot of the um, STEM community, undergrads and grad students, are affected by what's going on right now. And I know the University of Virginia and most schools across the U.S. and I think in other countries as well are transitioning to all online courses, which is something that I think is necessary and I think it's a good precaution, but I think it's causing a lot of stress around adapting to these new ways of taking classes, especially if you've not taken classes uh, online before. And there's also, I know for just the graduate community, switching to doing research and things like that online um, is going to be a big transition. And so we just kind of wanted to kick it off by saying that we you know, we recognize this and we feel it and we definitely think that um, these are good precautions that the schools are taking. But we also just kind of wanted to talk about that this week and talk about how we're both adjusting and hopefully some things that'll help everyone else as they're adjusting to this change. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and talk about maybe some highs and lows in the past week, maybe in regards to this whole transition. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to start it off? Yeah. So, well, as someone who has been working from home this year already, this hasn't been a super big transition for me, aside from the fact that now the rest of my family is also home. So my guess my high more so has to do with my my job in particular. But so my job as a medical scribe is to listen to listen and watch doctor patient interactions and do the patient's chart note for my doctor. And during one of the interactions this week, one of the patients was inquiring about how the virtual scribe thing worked. And, you know, is there a real person on the other side of it? Is it just an automatic dictation kind of thing? And my doctor mentioned that, you know, at first it was kind of rough, but ever since she knows who I am, ever since, you know, she mentioned my name, ever since Madison started working for me, everything's been going a lot better. My notes are looking really good. And so that was, that was really good. Um, That was kind of my highlight of the week. I guess my like low of the week which this sounds kind of it's I find it harder to stay focused working from home when everyone else is home so it's kind of cool because I'm seeing my family a lot more than I normally would but it's also a matter of there's a lot more noise and distractions happening in the house that makes staying focused while I'm working a bit harder yeah so is your brother out of school this week yeah yeah they're on spring break and then they also they had classes canceled last Friday after there were a couple of reported cases here. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I think um, highlight, it has been nice to just kind of take a break and not be out running a bunch of errands, doing a bunch of stuff. But my New Year's resolution, or I guess my new semester resolution um, was to not bring work home with me, like to just stay as long as I needed to get everything done at the office so that when I was off, I could be off and just to create a better separation between, you know, my personal life and my work life and that sort of thing. Um, And so obviously working from home isn't ideal. um, But at the same time, I just, I'm really fortunate. I know, like I'm able to do my work from home and I know a lot of people aren't. So I'm really grateful for that. My advisor has been really supportive. So I'm actually going to go today, I think, and pick up my desktop computer and my monitors and everything and just bring those home with me so that I can, you know, still have my dual monitor set up and all of that. So I'm not having to just work on my laptop. So definitely not the ideal situation, but I'm really grateful that like, given the situation that, you know, I have the advisor I have and the work that I have where I can do it from home. 
Yeah, 100%. Kind of like, I guess you said you, it's hard for you not to bring your work home, like kind of hopping into the whole kind of like mental side effects of this whole transition. Do you feel like it's been harder for you to step back from your work when you're at home, like when you start doing it for the day? And then suddenly normally, you know, say 5 p.m. rolls around when you normally be leaving the lab. And now you're like, oh, I have all my work here. I might as well keep going. Do you feel like you've been kind of affected by that? A little bit. I think it's, and it's not like I sit down and work a full day and then I'm like, oh, well, I can just keep going. It's really that I kind of drag it out and work less efficiently. And I see it as like this endless timeline where like, oh, I could just go until midnight. So I'm not really in any rush so I can not work as efficiently. Mm -hmm. But like, I need to just, you know, cut it off at five or cut it off at seven if I have more work to do or later if I need to, but like set a cutoff time and have that like clear distinction. So yeah, something I'm working on for sure. Yeah. So with this whole working from home thing, it's really easy to think that you don't, you shouldn't have a set schedule and that it's kind of just like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but that you don't really have to take anything super seriously and that you just have all the time in the world to work on stuff. Um, but there are a couple of things that you want to think about when you're making this transition to either working from home or taking classes online. I think the biggest thing is that, you know, for everyone in college or, you know, in the first couple of years of grad school where you're still taking classes, um, you know, you're still responsible for your education. Assuming that you do start having classes again, you're going to have to take the rest of your tests. You're going to have to take your final exams at some point. So this isn't the time to kind of just fall back and not do the studying and not pay attention in class because it will come back to bite you in the butt if you decide to, if you decide to not take everything super seriously right now. You still want to make sure you're treating your online lectures like you would a normal class. You know, if I personally am someone who never liked to be on my phone when I was in classes in college, even large lectures, even if like, you know, I knew the professor couldn't see me, you want to make sure you're actively listening. You're still taking notes. You're still asking questions when you have them. This isn't just a whole, you know, put the lecture on in the background and then, you know, watch Netflix or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not ideal to take these classes online, especially in STEM where there's lab components or like if it's math heavy and it takes a lot of concentration. Um, but I think just sort of getting that mindset of like, like Maddie said, you are still responsible for your education and, you know, not to like downplay it, but everyone is in the same situation as you and you just have to do the best kind of with what you have. And so, you know, what you have is a Zoom lecture, take that, do everything you can with it, you know, and don't just let this be a time where you put that on in the background while you clean your apartment. Like that is not, you are still, you know, you're still a student, you're still in classes, this is still stuff that you're going to need to know later on. And I think that this could easily be a time where people kind of regress and especially lose like the school stamina that you build up. Um, but just really try to not let that happen. And so you may need to find someone to keep you accountable, whether that's someone you live with or other people in your class, but someone that you're checking in with. And, you know, if you're not going to class or if your roommate walks by and you're you know, on Facebook and have your lecture open in another tab, like find the people who are going to kind of call you out on that and keep you accountable for it. Yeah, I would also say one thing that I utilized a lot in college, you know, when I wasn't in online classes, was I had study groups for a majority of my classes. And obviously, my study groups would meet in person. 
but I would still recommend that you meet with your study groups over Skype, FaceTime, whatever you're going to use um, to go over concepts together after lecture. And hopefully if you are meeting with your study groups, which I would recommend, you that should keep you accountable enough because it's always the worst feeling to show up to a study group and be the one person who doesn't know the material and has to have everything else taught to them by someone else in the group. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. So there are a couple of things that you can do to make sure that you are being successful in your classes, aside from just making sure you're paying close attention to your actual lectures. So one thing that I always would do before the beginning of any semester in college is that I would write out my class schedule somewhere. And within that class schedule, I would also put in where my professor's office hours were so that I knew when I could go to see them if I needed to. So I would reach out to your professors sooner rather than later in this whole online class situation and figure out, you know, are they going to be holding, are they going to be holding office hours? Are they going to be holding them at the same time? Is it going to be office hours via Zoom? Like how is all of it going to work? So I would figure that out sooner rather than later. Same with any TAs that you have for classes, because I'm fairly certain that all of the TAs are also still required to work right now. Yeah, if you have like a graduate assistant in your class or something like that, most of them should still be working because they're still going to be grading um, and they should still be available. But yeah, I think like Maddie said, like that little bit of organization you do at, a begin at the beginning of the semester to orient yourself, like just go ahead and do that again now and figure all of those things out. And I think a big thing is just going to be to ask for what you need. So if you email your professor about office hours and he says he'll be he or she will be available over email and like you know that learning style or whatever like that's not going to be enough ask for a zoom call um you know ideally the professors would be on top of it and would reach out to all of the students and tell you when they're available and all of that but they may or may not do that and you just have to you know take responsibility for making sure that you're getting what you want because they've probably got other classes and other you know, if they have graduate students who are doing research, like that's probably more of a priority for them. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be giving you the support you need. You just may have to be the one to ask for it. Yeah, I would also recommend utilizing other resources for help that you might not necessarily use. So I know for us at UNC, we had, um, shoot, what's it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's class websites. Um, Is it the like Piazza or something? Yeah, Piazza. There we go. Oh my gosh. I could not come up with that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so at UNC, we use Piazza for, I think, pretty much all of our STEM classes, except for math, which I thought it was stupid my first couple of years. I like I made the account because I was required to and I never touched it. And then when I started taking harder classes, I was like, oh, this is a good idea to use. So if you are someone who has access to Piazza, which is basically just like kind of an online board for students in certain classes to ask questions, and either your professor or your TAs or peer mentors, supplemental instructors, whatever it is, can go on there and answer the questions for you. If you have something, if you have access to something like that, I would 100% using it at this time, especially if you haven't been using it before or continue to use it if you were already using it. Um, I would also reach out to certain people you know in the class. So like, in a lot of my large lectures, a lot of times I didn't have close friends in the lectures, but there were people who I kind of knew and like I'd have their numbers, but I wouldn't really reach out ever. Um, now is the time to start utilizing those kind of connections that you have 
don't worry about it being weird because if you are struggling because of this transition, you're not the only one. So just reach out. People aren't going to get like annoyed at you for reaching out for help. Oh yeah, definitely. It's going to be one of those things where you might feel like you're asking too much of people, especially the professors, but just, you know, do what you <laughs> do what you got to do. And I think with Piazza, Piazza, is that what it's called? Yeah. I think with Piazza, you can also ask questions anonymously. Yes, you can. Well, I think it depends on the class. Like I know in some of my classes, the professors would have it set so no one could ask questions anonymously, or like you could be anonymous to the students, but not the professor. Like I think the professor sets it for the class, but yeah. Yeah. I think we could do a whole episode on like getting over the fear of asking questions, but now is the time to exercise that. Yeah. Um, And then a couple... So with Zoom, I know because that's how a lot of places are um, holding their lectures and stuff. I think it's, I know it like sucks to call in and be on video, but that would probably keep you accountable for not being on your phone or not being on Facebook if your face is on the video screen and your professor can see you. Um, Obviously up to you, but that's something I know. I had a meeting this morning and I was like, wow, I'd probably be paying a lot more attention if my face was on the screen. So I'll start doing that from now on. But there's also like whiteboard functions. Uh, make sure you mute yourself in these Zoom calls, y'all, because that's so annoying when you can hear like people's just life and apartment noises in the background or the feedback. So just make sure you mute yourself. Zoom also has like a chat function you can use. Don't be afraid to like use that to send in your questions and stuff as well. Yeah, one other thing I would say, I think this kind of goes along with making sure you mute yourself on Zoom is also just being aware of who else is in your household. So like, say you're in a super silent room and you're not on mute um, and you know you're not making any noise and there's no background noise, you never know when one of your parents or your sibling is going to like yell your name from the kitchen and then everyone will hear your mom yelling at you about something, right? So just be aware of who else is around your apartment, if it's your roommates or if you're back home for the time being um, in your house and make sure that they're aware of what your schedule looks like and that, you know, this is your protected education time. You know, it's one thing if something important happens and they want to poke their head into your room and say like, Hey, like, blah, 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 you know, do you need anything? Whatever. But, um, you know, make sure they know that this is, these are your class times, please. Unless it's very important. Don't interrupt me. That sounds kind of rude, but like, don't interrupt me during this time. This is my education we're talking about. And I have to do that consistently working from home because whenever I work from home, first of all, I'm working with protected um, patient information. So technically no one's even allowed to be in my room, um, which is also my office when I'm working from home. But I really do have to remind my parents because I don't like to keep my door closed, but I have to remind them, you can't, you know, call up from downstairs when I'm working. You can't, like if I'm on a meeting or in a meeting, um, you know, this is my work time. If I'm available to come and talk to you or whatever, like I will make my way downstairs. Um, But yeah, this is, this is my job. And then for you guys, this is either, you know, your job or your school. Don't let anyone else kind of distract you from that, even if it's your family and you love them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So in addition to some of the stuff we've talked about, as far as like transitioning to just the online class environment, um, we also want to talk a little bit more about like, how do you set up your day and some things like that. And um, you can Google like work from home productivity tips, and it'll tell you to like set up your space and 
have a clean work environment and shut the door and things like that. So definitely go and check out some of those because there's some helpful information there. But we're going to focus mostly on um, what we found helpful. And I think a huge, like I would say like the overarching thing here is just to plan out your day and then stick to your plan. Like don't negotiate with yourself about, oh, well, I said I was going to get this done today, but this other fun thing came up and I'm going to go do that instead. You know, don't negotiate with yourself. Just plan your day, stick to it as best. Yeah. I would also say treat it like it's a normal school day. So I assume that your classes would be at the same time as they are if you were going to the actual lectures in the classroom. But if you say, you know, you have a two hour break between two of your classes and you normally would go to the library during this time, make sure you're studying during that time. Don't be like, okay, I have a two hour break, time for Netflix. No, do what you would normally do during, you know, a day when you were on campus, just transition it to the home. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think everybody kind of knows what their normal start and end time to the day is. And I think that may be shorter if you're home because you're not having to like drive or take the bus or do whatever and walk all over campus, but still set sort of a start and an end time to your day as well. I would also say, I guess this is, it's hard to say like build up to full days because sometimes you are just going to have to have a full day. If you, you know, if your first class is at 9am and your last one is at, you know, 4pm, like you're just going to have a full day. Like that's that. Um, but if possible, I would, we would recommend that you transition and kind of try to build up to your full, you know, eight or nine hour day, whatever that looks like. I know that for me, when I first started working from home, my first day of work from home, it was 9am to 5pm. And something about sitting in front of a computer screen at my desk for how long is that? Eight hours with, with like a lunch break somewhere in there, but for pretty much eight hours, drove me up the wall like I was going stir crazy um so try to build up to trying to be productive and staying focused when you're in the home one thing that I really like about my work schedule now is that my Mondays are pretty much always shorter so my Monday work schedule always starts at normally 1 p.m and I work until 6 so I get a little shorter of a day and then the rest of the week I work my normal 9 to 6 or 7 p.m um but that kind of helps me ease in at the beginning of the week. Yeah, I think kind of like we were talking about in the beginning where it's like if I don't have a timeline or like a time that I've told myself I'll be done for the day, then it sort of drags out. So like if you, you know, we're coming back right after spring break, you probably have some work, but not like you did right before spring break. So if you don't have eight hours worth of work and studying to do, don't plan your day for eight hours, plan your day for five. And if you need to keep working, do so. But like, you know, don't do that thing where you leave yourself so much time, but you told yourself you'd be working, but you don't have anything to do. So you're kind of watching Netflix, kind of working. Like just, you know, drag that out all day. Yeah, I would also recommend not letting your sleep schedule get messed up. It's probably already messed up a little bit because you were just on spring break. But try to stick to the normal sleep hours that you would have during the like I guess a normal school week so I mean I always recommend that people try to get to bed before you know midnight but obviously in college you know that that doesn't happen most nights but yeah don't let your sleep schedule get thrown completely off just because you can do things kind of whenever you want to and I'd also say just if you get bored during the day try to avoid taking excess naps if you don't need them I 
personally, like my freshman year of college, my sleep schedule was an absolute mess. And I did half of my sleeping at night and half my sleeping during the day. Um, <laughs> we all did that freshman year. <laughs> but like, I seriously, like I, a lot of times, like I'll get bored and I'll just take a nap and that always messes up my sleep schedule. So look for something else to do instead of napping if you really don't need it. You don't have to do something productive if you're, you know, you're done with your productivity and your school part of the day. But, you know, whether it's find a good book to read or watch Netflix, just don't let yourself sleep more than you need to. <laughs> kind of going off, I don't, is this going off a of sleep schedule? I don't really know. But I would also say don't neglect the part of your day where you normally would wake up, make your coffee, make breakfast and get ready. One thing that I did when I first started working from home was that I would roll out of bed right before I had to start work with just enough time to, if I wasn't working out that morning, I'd give myself just enough time to brush my teeth, wash my face, go fill up my water bottle, and then I'd start working. Like I'd literally roll out of bed 10 minutes before I needed to start work. And I never felt properly awake up until, you know, I would take my lunch break because I never actually took the time to just mentally set up my day and physically get ready. So even if you, you know, you're working from home, you're taking your classes from home, I'd recommend getting up about 30 to 40 minutes or earlier if you want to go work out before class or work, whatever it is. But I'd recommend getting up at least 30 to 40 minutes before whatever you need to do starts so that you have time to physically get ready. I'm a big proponent of wearing comfortable clothes throughout the day, but I would also change out of your pajamas. So like, I personally sleep in a really big t-shirt. I try to change out of that t-shirt and put on a pair of just like comfortable leggings and like a sweatshirt or something, just something that I don't associate with sleeping in. So it feels like you've changed clothes, woken up. Sometimes I'll even like put on a little bit of mascara if I want to, even though literally no one is going to see me during the day. (laughs) Uh, I'll just do like something to get ready. I try to go, you know, make my coffee or my tea just so I have that sitting at my desk um, before I start work. So that always helps me feel like more awake and better prepared for the day. Yeah. And I think that ties really closely to something that I've really been trying to implement, which is like transition activities. Um, And the idea is that there's like some sort of thing you do to transition from personal time or a break or like getting ready in the morning to work time. Um, And so if you like roll out of bed for your 10 o'clock class, call in and then like do your morning routine after that, you sort of like drug out your like morning getting ready personal time and mix them all together. So try to like, some of the things I was looking at um, are like having music. So like if you turn your music on when you take your lunch break, maybe you need to turn it back off and that is sort of your signal to yourself that like, okay, now I'm back in work mode. Or maybe it's the opposite or maybe you just switch it over to the study music you use or whatever. Or maybe like, you know, you finish eating your lunch and then like you make a cup of tea and you sit down with your tea and you're not sitting there with like your dirty plate and your dirty dishes and like maybe still picking at some of your food, like clean up your lunch, make your tea, sit down. Um, But just having like a specific activity that sort of signals to you like, okay, we're switching back from the break back into work mode. But then also having the opposite where when you're done for the day, don't just leave like your laptop and all of your notes and all of your stuff just like all over your room or wherever you're studying. Pack it up. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have like drawers or whatever, but just close it all up, stack it all up. And then that way you're not just like constantly surrounded by your 
school material and all of that, like you just, again, kind of trying to draw that barrier between, you know, when you're done working and when you're transitioning into like time to relax at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, for example, my thing that I do at the end of the day is obviously I shut down both of my monitors and my computer and I push my keyboard back on my desk. So it's basically like sitting in a position where like it's not taking up my full desk, hang up my headset and everything. So like it, I attempt to make my desk look more clean and I just clean off that whole area where like normally I'd have, you know, my water bottle and my coffee and my cup of tea and I just make it look spick and span, you know, ready for the next day. And that's my, okay, I've wrapped up my day. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, And I don't know about you, but like for me, especially with like, obviously with your work, you have to be like actively participating, but with studying and stuff like that, I think if I watch Netflix during my lunch break, it's very, very difficult for me to turn that off and not just like make the screen smaller and pull up my work on the other tab. Mm. Um, So I think like really trying to focus on not doing those things that you know are addictive to you. Yeah. Um, Whether that's snacking or watching Netflix or being on your phone or whatever during those breaks, because that's so much harder to transition out of that than if you like eat your lunch and go for a walk or something, which I know is more than ideal and nobody's really going to eat their lunch and go for a walk during their break (laughs) you know just limit your screen time or turn your turn netflix off 15 minutes before you told yourself you'd transition back or whatever yeah no and i've actually i've been running on some of my longer lunch breaks that i've been taking just to try to limit my screen time and also just stay active because especially also one other thing that's important is when you're working at home you're just significantly less active than you would be if you were working in an office and like maybe walking around that office to talk to your coworkers, or especially in college walking around campus so take the time every now and then to just get up you know stretch sometimes I'll get up and be like okay I'm gonna do like 20 push-ups and like that's like my thing where I like just try to be active um but yeah running on my lunch break um which it's not something I do every day and like a lot of people hate running so like I don't know I'm not going to suggest it but like it's (laughs) It's not a bad thing to do. Um, Yeah. Um, I would also say that if you are going to let yourself, you know, watch something on Netflix, Hulu, whatever streaming service you're going to watch something on, if you're going to do that during your lunch break, make a set time for your lunch break and make sure that whatever you're going to watch is going to fit into that. So if I'm taking, you know, an hour for lunch, I'm going to make sure that, you know, the episode that I watch is only like 40, 45 minutes. Like I don't want it to be, you know, an hour and five minutes and it's like, oh, I'm pushing it. Like, no, it needs to fit. So I'd also recommend YouTube videos during that time, just because you can definitely like combine a handful of YouTube videos and make sure they fit into that short span. Don't start that second episode and tell yourself you'll only watch 15 minutes. That's a lie. You'll see the whole thing. So just you will lose track of the episode and be done. Maybe even turn off autoplay on Netflix. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. Yeah, it used to ask you, but now it just plays. Who knows? All right. So other than just um, classes and sort of general like work from home um, suggestions and things that we're trying to work on, I also wanted to just sort of touch on the this whole like research from home situation. Um, so I personally, the way that my group works is we do a lot of design on the computer and the way the timing works out, we are kind of fortunate because the cycle is sort of we design on the computer, we send our chips off to be fabricated, they come back and then we test them. Um, and testing requires being in the lab and all of that. But right now, we're everyone on my team is pretty much still in the design phase, um, which is 
good because we can do that from home. But what that also means is that, you know, chip design, those can be large teams. Like my research group is 13 people and trying to get 13 people to communicate just in general can be difficult, but we're also really having to figure out like, how does that happen via Zoom and stuff like that? And so I just really wanna stress like communication and sort of along the same lines that we talked about earlier, how you need to take ownership of your education. You also need to take ownership of your research. Again, I don't wanna downplay it, but like you're not, you know, if this is your situation, you're not the only grad student who's in this situation and it's really, your success is gonna depend on how you handle it and how good you are about communicating and making sure that like you're still clear on what you need to be doing. And I know this is something that I definitely struggle with. Um, even just when we're in the office to be asking and making sure that I fully understand what's going on because it is so much to learn. Um, but you know, things like using visual representations to explain things that would be easier explained in person, um, setting zoom calls. And I really think zoom calls where you can see the other person's face is honestly more helpful. Um, and then just set deadlines for yourself. So as everyone is making this transition and things are kind of crazy, um, deadlines are definitely going to shift, but you need to make sure that you're not just like, I know something that we're trying to avoid is that whole like, oh, well, this is going to be delayed, but really kind of try to figure out how much is it going to be delayed? How do you stick to that? Making sure you communicate it. Um, and then something that I found really helpful that our advisor actually asked us to do all of the time, but that I think is going to be especially helpful now is just keeping like a weekly log. So whether that's something that you share with your group or you just keep for yourself, but it's nice at the end of the week to be able to go back and like look at what you've accomplished. Um, especially if you don't have the people around you physically who are kind of like seeing what you've done and then you make the next step and you're working together and it's collaborative and it feels like things are moving. Um, if you are a little more isolated in these next few weeks coming up, I think that's going to really help to like let you see what you're accomplishing and then also, just with the communication, it's going to help you better communicate what you did in the past since it's maybe not being like continuously communicated. Um, so just make sure that you understand what your responsibilities are um, and, you know, are asking for help and just doing things to kind of keep yourself motivated. I know it's obviously research is very collaborative um, and I know that not everybody can do their research from home and, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it is like the situation that we're in. Um, and so just, you know, check in on your teammates too, see if they need help with anything. Um, just really try to keep that communication going. Yeah. Um, I'd also say just, you mentioned checking in on your teammates, which is all obviously important. I would also say during this whole thing, check in on your friends as well, regardless of what they do. For a lot of people, this whole, I know some places are in quarantine and are kind of under stricter, um, kind of guidelines than we are here but a lot of people are really struggling with this mentally it's you know messed up their work schedules maybe some of them have been like out of work because of this thing and aren't having a lot of income coming in especially your friends that are extroverts are probably freaking out <laughs> about this. I mean like they they need you know the social stuff to thrive and me as an introvert who is very much a homebody and has no problem going days without leaving the house as long as I can 
exercise and like eat food and work, right? Like it doesn't bother me. So just like check in on your friends, especially the ones that you know are struggling with this um, and just kind of keep that open line of communication with them um, because this situation is obviously kind of, it's not ideal. Um, It's far from ideal. Um, And while it kind of benefits, not benefits, but it's working well for some of us, it's a lot harder on other people. So, yeah. So obviously this is, you know, there's lots of changes going on and we just wanted to kind of, you know, give y'all what works for us and we would love to hear y'all's tips. So if you, you know, want to share those with us, that would be awesome too. Um, We also wanted to say we recognize that some schools have canceled graduation um, and there are people who are doing things like defending their PhD thesis via Zoom And we understand that that can be really, I think, disappointing. I don't want to like bring the mood down, uh, but that is just a really big milestone in your life. And obviously having to do that virtually is not what you dreamed of. Um, And we just want to say that like, we recognize that. And I think the community of people in STEM and especially people who are either in or working towards grad school um, really recognize that and you know, recognize the, how dedicated people have been to get to these points. And so even if it isn't recognized in the traditional way, there's just a whole community out there, especially online. Like there's a huge like PhD Twitter, PhD Instagram accounts, um, big like academia accounts. If you're more medical focused, like find some of those accounts and just, you know, I think that's a good way to get plugged in too. And just Tell your friends, tell your family what you're doing and celebrate those things, you know, figure out a way to celebrate those things, even if it's not sort of in the traditional sense. Yeah, um, I would also say just kind of side note, not really relating to STEM, um, but be very appreciative of any of, you know, your service workers and healthcare workers right now, because they don't get to work from home and they're kind of out there putting themselves at risk. Um to make sure that all of us are good. So just whenever you go to the grocery store or like if you do have to go to the doctor, just just thank them. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. So just, you know, follow what people are saying to do to keep everybody safe. Um it's obviously not just about you. If you think that you're young and healthy, that's awesome, but just, you know, it's sort of that, you know, civic duty, I guess, to you know, take the precautions necessary and we hope everyone is staying safe. And um, we really hope that this episode was helpful to y'all. And we definitely want to stay connected with everyone as we're making this transition. Can I plug myself? Yeah. Okay. Um, If you're more engineering focused, I started a Facebook group for online, uh, online class accountability. So it's She Engineered. Um, I'm sharing it on my Instagram as well, but it's the She Engineered Online Class Accountability Group. Um, I can share it, I guess, on the Call Her Doctor Instagram story as well. Yeah. Um, But that'll just be if you're like in more of an engineering field and switching. And if you're not in engineering, but still want to be part of it, that's cool too. Please join. (laughs) Um, But uh, we'll be doing like check-ins for, you know, did you go to class and what's everyone finding helpful and some things like that. So if you want to check that out do that. Um, and if you, you know, just find some way to continue to have your community over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically it because we have no idea how long this is going to last, which is really scary. Um, 
but yeah, just don't lose your connections. Um, stay focused, stay positive as much as it's possible. And uh, I think that's all we have for you guys today. So uh, if you did find this episode helpful, um, share with your friends, tag us in your Instagram stories, and we'll be sure to reshare it. And um, we definitely appreciate y'all's support. Yeah, no, we'll we'll talk to you guys <laughs> in the next one. All right. Bye. Bye.